Welcome back to the Inscape. My name is Tanya Nelson and I'm here with my special guest Taya Nelson and daughter. I'm so excited to dive into chapter five. This is the part in the book where um, I, I would say that this is this was the most difficult part to make a choice to keep going on this journey. And I think I think the meditation does a really good job of of really allowing us to feel what it feels like to come from the role of the of the observer and feel like you're laying in that grassy meadow at the top of the mountain arrived. Mm -hmm. And that's really how it felt for me. And for me, um, like I talked about last time, I stayed there for quite a while. And again, really found this sense of peace in, uh, identifying myself with the observer and being able to, um, I really, really believed I had reached this like state of being. And so resting in this meadow and then realizing that um, there is a choice to be made. And that's what happened for me. And I think the meditation does a great job of walking us up to this door where we get the opportunity to knock. And I feel like it's the opportunity to, you know, where the universe, God, um, our higher selves gets to say, how serious are you? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that's what it felt like for me. It's like, okay, yeah, you've, you're, you've, you've walked this journey and, and climbed this hill, but like, how serious were you about asking this question? Yeah, I love the way this meditation sets that up. And I love the way you articulate your process of writing the book and like the way that was structured and layered similarly to this idea of getting to this destination and then having to actually mean it that you that you really want to be there, the dedication to that. I think that's such a good representation of this concept we're about to go into. Yeah, I totally agree. I love the part where we talk about... Um, you know, we talked about doubt and we talked about how it comes in and each one of these chapters layers to, you know, to, to your point, it, it's not that the journey is like a step-by-step -step process per se. Mm -hmm. It's that each time we line up with one of these, um, these practices, these awarenesses, um, another one comes. And so you've got to be able to practice all of them at the same time. It's this expansion that happens. And so by the time I get to the door and we're knocking and I'm, I'm really having to ask myself, how much do you really want to know? How much do you really want to witness this story? Not just observe it, witness it. And I'm excited to talk about that as well. But as we, as we, as we knock on the door, um, I can feel the doubt that comes back in when it doesn't feel easy and we have to sit there and, 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 and pay attention to whether or not we can hold the space of all the things that we just went through and ask ourselves the question again and again and again, do you really want to know yourself? Mm -hmm. And I clearly didn't want to witness, um, the, what was going on in my story. I loved the role of the observer. And I realized that moving into my story and actually witnessing all of myself, and I think that's the key point, is yes, the, the role of the observer is a part of myself. Um, and it was much more comfortable to, uh, to stay in that role than really allowing for the integration of the entire process or the entire, um, the, the wholeness of myself, mm -hmm. the physical and, uh, mental and emotional 
and spiritual part of myself. Um, staying in the observer was what I thought was very spiritual. And, and I had the hardest time for so long realizing that the journey isn't about staying in that role. It's about um, the integration and being that role. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's really articulated beautifully in this chapter because it is such a spiritual practice in in essence and in foundation but in in once you really put it into motion and like there's that becomes a physical thing because that's the way our world works and so it's interesting this was such an interesting concept um for me in, in reading it because i think it really clicked a lot of pieces in in the things that feel missing in a lot of other um formulas and um step-by-steps and things like that there always is this kind of gap between what it is and what 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 is in the world and and I've always really thought this was a fascinating idea of of the convergence point between spirituality and 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 reality in a lot of ways yeah and for me I think it's interesting to your point there's a lot of like spiritual processes and journeys and and it was as if um you know, we talk about this separation that happens as a kid from this um, this sense of being and who we are. And there's this separation that starts to happen and we move into our ego. We move into this, this identity that we believe we are. And that happens really early on. And so the arrival of moving the pendulum all the way to the other side and saying, oh, I'm none of that and now I get to be this, there's this relief that goes into that. And knowing that my journey wasn't done because I hadn't, um, I hadn't really integrated all of it and really, uh, allowed for, um, it all to exist at the same time. And, and you can really attest to this, you know, I think we had a lot of conversations about, you know, I believed that everything had to be spiritual or that somehow, um, the physical wasn't spiritual mm-hmm. and, and that's probably more accurate. I mean, yeah. what, what was, what was your thoughts and, 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 and how did you realize, um, I don't know if it was, it w- if it was intuitively or through a lot of your studying, um, where, cause you were, you were a strong mirror for me in this, that it's like, you know, you're what you, you're separating physical and spiritual, like they're different mm-hmm. and, it took a long time for me to really be able to witness and feel um, the the spiritual um, integration into the physical, you mm-hmm. know, and that's what we're talking about when we're talking about witnessing our stories. And as I went to go write this book and I, I thought that I was trying to, you know, be very spiritual and, and hand this spiritual book to people, that's what was creating this gap with myself physically somehow and again now I realize that now they're not they're not two different things and that's what that process really was so how did you personally um wrestle with that because I know I was a mirror of of all things you know what I believed spiritual to be spiritual which was true um but you were really the catalyst that that really had me continue to interrogate that where where do you think that came from I think I think to reiterate a little bit of what I said before, I think I always felt like there was a gap between between the way people spoke and the and the ideal way that they wanted to practice these things and the way that those practices actually came in to being in everyone's everyday everyday life and and there is this sort of um, disconnect there and I think I I think I noticed that 
just because I was so close to your process and I was growing up at the same time and observing those kind of things anyway. Um, And for me, it felt like a lot of the inherent magic to the process was lost when you separated them because it it felt like a way to keep things safer because if it didn't have to actually manifest if it could just stay abstract and spiritual then it it didn't have to be wrong in any sense or there there was no chance that there could be anything more different or the expansion is scary and the and the overlapping of these two things is scary and a lot of times I think people think if they can keep their physical world you know separate from that then then there is less accountability, I guess, which is always less terrifying, mm-hmm. um, less risk or less stakes. And I think that's what, what you articulate so well in this chapter is that, that that's not the case in all reality. And, and it's a leap of faith either way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as you're talking, it, it started to really come to me the the difference or the, the reason why I think a lot of this was um, a little bit more... Um, integrated into your world and I think about the fact that you know you're you're our oldest and there was there was a lot of expectation on you you know I mean I think like in a lot of families um we we look at our kids and we want them to to do anything that we haven't done and and we project all of our judgments and fears and and that was done to you in a in a great great deal of mirroring and and it's it's just interesting when I think about um you saying the word accountability and for sure you can tell that um in your world or I could tell in in your world that um you held yourself to such a standard and an accountability that um that I'm sure when we separated the physical or when I separated the physical the way that I did there, it was, it was somewhat triggering even to you because it's yeah, like, I would, I would say, yeah. Yeah. What, what comes up for you when I, when I say that, does that like when I the think, word accountability is a word that I think really resonates with you? I guess, I think a lot of that does come from, I'm the oldest of six. And so there's, yeah. there's a lot of inherent responsibility. I think that comes with that. And for me, I've always really loved that role, like, mm-hmm. and, and felt like, felt a lot of personal responsibility for it, whether or not that came from expectations or not. It's, yeah. It's, you know, it's always resonated with me to take on that kind of responsibility. Um, and so being accountable to me has always meant a lot because who you are, I think it was really instilled in me and all my siblings from you, you guys from a young age, because the idea that I was responsible for who I was becoming and who I became and it wasn't anybody else's job or responsibility to to do that and it was up to me who who I wanted to become and and what I wanted that to look like and and I think for for whatever reason I latched onto that idea really young because the idea of being in control of who you become and your own story I think is enticing to anybody and yeah I think I, I really liked that narrative, the idea that I, the, any kind of failure would only have been from a lack of, you know, effort and, and, and accountability and integrity on my part. Yeah. And that was something I think was really ingrained in our everyday thinking and processes. And, and because of that, um, bringing in this idea that spirituality did not have to go into true, honest practice and there didn't have to be any real accountability and testament, testament to it. Um, and witnessing to it because of the concept um, yeah. didn't really resonate with me because it, that's not the way we'd ever done anything in life. It was like, you know, whether it was school or sports or, you know, relationships, it was you're giving what you put into this is 
going to be what you get back out of it and you are in control of that and and the disconnect of not applying that same level of intensity and dedication and accountability to spirituality and this journey of discovering who you are and daring to know yourself never resonated because without that it's it's all just a theory and there's not there's not any real exploration or risk and that's the part that's interesting that's the story and you miss that if you don't if you don't take that seriously it's such a it's such a good point and i can feel as we're talking the desire to dive deeper into this because on the surface being responsible and accountable for who we are spiritually and physically um is not a new concept no. you know and i and i i can feel that um there is a version of myself that is coming up that's saying well i was very accountable to my spiritual practices and i was very accountable to who i was and i was showing up that way and in order to really understand what it means to witness our um to be the witness of our story there is a much deeper dive into this concept yeah. right that's what i was going to say <laughs> yeah. because it's not there's a difference because it's not actually that difficult to only be accountable to your spirit no it's not (laughs) and that's just as much an escape as anything else yes and without it's it's understanding duality and everything and realizing that as as spiritual as you are you are equally as uh, as much so a physical being and there's and there is both of these things are true at the same time yes and we are both very very good people and very very not so good people at times and and those both have to be true and at the same time neither of them are true and yeah and you have to constantly understand this like pull, push and pull kind of magnet effect between all these parts of ourselves and that's really hard because we want to believe that you know by being just being accountable to the spiritual practice that that we're doing something yeah and, and that we're but really those are the kind of things that keep us stuck in cycles without, exactly without all of it and without the extremely painful parts of it and if it's not continually painful and you know building in intensity then then we're then we're stuck in cycles yeah and that's a way to live but that's not the idea behind this concept yes exactly and I think I think that's where like I said that version of myself couldn't you know felt so justified in in the journey that I had reached on the top of this mountain and knocking at this door and and feeling like um there was more to this was was the difficult part because what was more was the fact that um i didn't want to move into my pain i didn't want to move into um the shadow side or the uh the darkness right you know because i believed somehow that wasn't spiritual and somehow Mm -hmm. that was something i needed to 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 stay away from and that was pretty ingrained in, in in my programming as well and so um as as it as we go through this chapter I realized that writing this story, how unauthentic it was becoming when I was avoiding, you know, subconsciously avoiding the, the story of how I got here. And it keeps us in, like you said, cycles of a lot of times, you know, this state of, you know, victimhood or villainhood, or we, we start to play these roles in our story without really witnessing some of the the beginning parts and the parts all along to where I got to be able to own my own shadows and own my own um 
you know, growth in this process that my own awakenings, um, which also came with a lot of pain and a lot of vulnerability. And I wanted to keep myself on this, this, this pedestal, if you will, mm-hmm. of this mountaintop. <laughs> and I wanted to just sit and observe instead of realizing that, um, so much of my power came from understanding that, um, there was more to me and, the process of witnessing our story is is such a massive gift because somehow I was making it wrong. Somehow I was making that part of myself wrong. And really going into unconditional love and acceptance for myself, it was it was impossible to only love one version of myself. Yeah. And um it was impossible to connect in um in every area of life to every person and feel the expansion of every part of myself until I did this journey. And so the cost of, of not being accountable to all parts of myself, um, my thoughts, my, my emotions, um, you know, any, anything that came up for me as I was avoiding that and saying, Oh, well, I'm the observer and I'm, I'm, I'm more than this. And, and, I, I really separated myself again. And that's the crazy part about it is, is I felt like I had reached this place of home and it was almost as if I had swung to the other side and I was still separate from, from myself. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard realization for me. And knocking at that door and, and really um, letting that doubt come back in to say, now I've got to go inside and really actually what felt like do the actual work <laughs> you know it felt like I had just started actually right. and so um in this chapter we talk a lot about time and and we start introducing time as well and um this is a this is a this is such a powerful concept for so many people to start to understand that as I as I started walking back at you know there's that there's that scene in that opening um moment of when I'm you know laying out all parts of my story which felt just so raw and so vulnerable and so much of it I didn't even want to look at so much of it I like felt like I had healed or I didn't believe as well that I was avoiding so much of, of, mm-hmm. of the story and so as as all of that's laid out um what happened in time was also a key part of being the witness of our story. Because when we talk about um, not separating ourselves, the amount of capacity that came in for me, knowing that all of it was true, allowed me to also do something very interesting with time. Mm -hmm. So um, Give me your thoughts on that, because obviously I know that you've studied this as well. And, and Einstein time is, is an incredible theory. And and how does it apply to really understanding being the witness? And what is the experience like that um, look like yeah. when, when we talk about that? Definitely. Einstein times by far one of the most interesting things I think that has come out of, you know, you know, physics in a long time. And 
It's because it's 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 really dependent on perception. And we talk about that in the chapter. That yeah. like Einstein used a really famous metaphor where he said, if you put your hand on a hot stove, you know, that time's going to go by really, really slow. Yeah. You know, a minute's going to go by really slow. But if you're, you know, at lunch with a friend and you're having a really good time, a minute's going to go by really fast. And, um, and we, you know, we say things like time flies and things like that. And mm-hmm. those are all, th- those all stem from our unconscious awareness of the reality that our own perception does shape and bend and mold the way we're perceiving time because we do know that everything is happening at once that's something we've we've you know a theory we've proven um but we know that we also know that the way we're perceiving it is linear and that's because our brains are wired for a story they're yeah. wired for a narrative and so i love the way you write this chapter and the way you articulate it because it it comes into the way you're showing your own story and the linear nature of how you're perceiving it, but the reality that you're standing there in this moment, seeing them all at one time as well. Yep. And I think the it really comes down to realizing the gravity that our own perception and awareness and focus has on things and how much we can change and influence and become based on that alone. Yes. And in order to be the witness, it, it was the most... Uh, the most presence I think I've ever felt. And so to your point, the perception of understanding time is so interesting because um when you can operate from the space of the present moment which is actually the only thing that's that's real um we we call in the that all things you know we call in the entire universe to be you know to 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 not try and be dramatic it's just really true Mm -hmm. that 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 we when we can stand in the space of all things in the present moment are right here we we no longer separate from what is actually real and so there is this to your point the gravity is is another word or description of um, massive power and expansion of the present moment. And so that is what happened is I realized that I was separating myself from my own story and, and bringing and returning all of that back to me without judgment, right? Really like the judgment's what also separates Mm -hmm. me. And so the judgment and the fear that, that, oh, somehow that's, that, that can't be me anymore. And, and, Mm -hmm. and and I'm trying to work through the good and the bad and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and all the judgment that goes along with that. But, but in that moment, as I'm looking and unfolding my entire story at every point in my life, it was as if I had, returned home to that present moment and so that's why Einstein time I think is is so relative in this in this chapter and it's so powerful to understand that if we can allow ourselves to return home and be all of it then in this present moment I don't have to go into the past anymore I don't have to go into the future anymore which aren't really real anyways and I get to stay in this present moment and yes my five-year-old self my 10-year-old self my um different versions of myself show up in that Mm -hmm. moment for sure and and when I understand them and I recognize them um I get to decide um, what this space looks and feels like. And, and the experience is so expansive when we go into that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that this chapter is one that uh, can be read over and over and over again and understood. And like all the chapters, um, 
this is something that cannot be explained with the head. It's not something that can be understood in theory alone. It's, uh, it's an experience that happens when you're ready to really witness your, um, our own stories and, and to be all of it. Mm-hmm. The, the shadow side, the, the dark, the light, the good, the bad, the, sh- you know, all of it. Um, and again, um, and none of it at the same time. Right. So, um, any other thoughts before we, we, no, I think that's it. I think this is one of the most powerful chapters in the book and a really defining moment in this narrative. Yeah, I totally agree. Come back. We're going to talk about chapter six and dive back into the inscape.